Hey, what's going on, everybody? Um, you know, we have another guest today, and it is a pretty damn good artist uh, in the Web3 space, and that is Milan. How are you doing, brother? I'm doing good, King. How's it going? Doing good, man. So we were actually just talking before this, and I learned that I have been pronouncing your name wrong this whole damn time. So um, y'all have seen him on Twitter, and his screen name is... And let me get it correct for once, Medio Lanham. Correctly? Is that correct? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's pretty close, though. It's pretty close. I, I say it's uh, Medio Lanham. So La instead of La. Damn. But you, but you we're, got it close. We're getting there. We're getting there. I don't even want to tell y'all what I was saying. But, man, I, I feel bad now that I've been disrespecting my man this whole time. But we finally got you on the podcast, bro. Uh, I'm super excited to talk about your work, what you've been doing. Um, you're one of my favorite artists, and just seeing out the stuff, seeing the stuff that you put out uh, has been amazing. And I think people are really starting to pick up and see it as well. Um, so we'll jump into that, what you're doing, your process, what it's like being an artist, and uh, all that, if you don't mind, brother. Perfect, bro. I appreciate the love too, man. It means a lot. Oh, absolutely, man. Um, you know, I, I feel like in this space, uh, that's one thing that we lack, and that is just like people uplifting other people, showing love. Now, I mean, I know we have all those people that are like, oh, you know, but man, whenever it comes to art and the art, I mean, it's uh, a lot of people ain't showing love to these true artists. So that's why I wanted to get you on here today, bro. Uh, you're definitely one of those people that I feel like deserves all the love, all the recognition. So to start off, man, um, can you tell us? when you first dabbled into art, not really NFTs, but when did you really pick up the paintbrush or the pencil or the pen and, and start making stuff? It's, it's pretty crazy. Cause I'll, I'll be hearing other artists talk on spaces or interviews or whatever. And it's always like, yo, I've been in love with art my whole life. I started when I was like two years old, came out the womb painting and shit. But for me, um, I don't know. I, I think I never, Growing up, I never really saw myself doing art, but I think subconsciously, or at least like, like uh, my inner child definitely wanted to be some sort of creative. I was super into fashion growing up, but I only had a very, I only had a couple of instances where I had the chance to even create art. I didn't really grow up with like paintbrushes. Like closest thing I had was probably like crayons, and I was like mandatory for like elementary school or whatever. But I remember in um in high school, I had an art class, and I just enjoyed it. It was just fun to be able to, like, you know, kick back and just make some art. My, my teacher hated me, though, because I would just uh, cut class all the time. <laughs> so she just told me, <laughs> she was just like, at least do the work and I, you can do whatever you want. And I was like, I bet. So I used to just, like, clock in, like, go to class, finish the work, and then just, like, leave class. But that was probably the first time I think I really slowly got into the arts. Beyond that, it was just uh, through, like, album artworks. Or just, I was aware of people like Basquiat. I've seen like people like Murakami, George Kondo. Shout out like Ye through his album covers. I kind of knew those contemporary artists. And I was familiar with like other artists here and there. And then it was around this time that um, it might have been junior or senior at college, I think. I took a, I had to take an elective basically. And I saw this class called Contemporary Art 101. And I think up front, I was like, yo, this is about to be an easy A. We lit, about to take this class, going to boost my GPA. But 
I felt like low key, I just wanted to take the class because the first time I got to take like an art class in college. You know, most of my other classes were very business related, math, science, and stuff. So I was like, you know, let me take this class. I was the same type of student. I went into class. I'd go into the back, put my headphones on, and not pay attention ever. But then I remember this one day. I was just uh, I was sitting at like the screen. My professor was just going through all these slides, and I recognized because she showed a uh, Basquiat's work. So I kind of take off my headphones, like, oh, I I know that dude. That's Basquiat. And, you know, for the rest of the period, I just kind of paid attention to what was going on. And I went through all the slides and I remember I had a test coming up. I remember go- I just remember going home that day and just looking up like art documentaries. I was learning about all these artists and we ended up having an exam. And it hit me because I, I literally studied for the exam the night before. Terrible student. But I'm studying for the exam right outside the classroom. And I see this kid in my class and we talking about I'm like, yo, let's study together. And we studying for the test and everything. And I'm getting like all the questions right. And he looking at me like, yo, how do, how do you know all this? And I'm just like, bro, how don't you? Like, this is easy, man. This is a Rothko because, you know, he was working around this time period and stuff. This is his piece. This is his, this is his style. You can just tell. And then it hit me like, damn, bro. Like, I really like art. And it wasn't even, I didn't even care about the class. I was just genuinely so interested in these artworks that I really just started learning it for myself. And then after that, uh, shout out to my one of my close homies. He he had like Photoshop on his computer, and he used to he used to let me just let me uh, pull up to his crib and mess around with Photoshop whenever. And I remember like one of the first pieces I made was like uh, you know the Palmerization card from Yu Gi Oh. So I mixed that with Kid Boo from Dragon Ball Z. I just mashed it up together, just messed it around. And I, I was just playing with a lot of photo editing apps. Um, and then just from there, it it really was a uh, I had this Instagram account where I used to just reshare artwork. And it's crazy because I used to I used to be resharing artworks from artists that are within the community right now. But none of them knew it was me. Even to this day, probably most of them didn't know it was me. Just like reposting the art. And then I made a Twitter account. It just hit me like, yo, why don't I just post my own work? I'm spending all this time sharing so many of these artists' work. I should really just make my own. And so just I just kind of, you know, took the courage to just start posting my own work. And it really was... Um, like, if you get it, then you get it. Like I went on a trip, basically. And at the end of the trip, I kind of realized, like, yo, I really want to dedicate the rest of my life to art. I remember having a conversation with my homie and telling him about it. And it was like, you know, it's not going to be like a craft or a hobby or something. I really want to spend the rest of my life just creating. Because I think it was part of me just that truly understood that I really love the arts and creativity. And I just want to be able to express myself to the fullest and all the people that I look up to my idols and role models were people that are part of the arts, whether it be through fashion, music, art. And I just wanted to just dedicate my life to it. So I think it it was around when I really took the risk of, you know, taking art seriously. I just graduated college. I didn't, I did like an internship right out of college. I finished it. I applied for a job. I ended up getting a full-time offer basically. And I ended up just declining it. Like I, I emailed uh, the dude and I was just like, um, something came up. I think I'm going to choose to decline the job offer. I remember I was telling my other homie too. I was like, yo, I'm going to take two years to do this art shit, basically. I'm going to dedicate my life to doing this. If it, if it don't work out, if it doesn't, you know, make sense or whatever, I'll go back to a nine to five. I have a degree. I could one way or another, I'll finesse it. And uh, two years has passed and I'm still doing it full time artist right now. I guess I consider myself a full-time artist now. We're doing pretty good and I'm still going. So I, I guess that's like the gist of how I started and how I got here. 
Wow, that's a beautiful story, bro. So um, I'm very glad that I, I write down notes while while the guest is talking. And I've been trying to do this more so I can kind of stay on topic. So there was a couple of things that you said that really stuck out to me. I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, we've been friends for a little bit now, but I was very unaware of the very start. And the part where you said, like, you know, I was in art class, I was skipping school. Now, for me, I would probably say uh, in that era of my life, I was a little bit stronger feeling about art. Um, but we were kind of in the same position, bro. Like, you know, I was not really caring, skipping class. Like, I liked art class. Um, but it was just something one day that like clicked for me that really like really made me start fucking with art. Um, so much to where, you know, I would go get Keith Haring tattoos, um, and, and stuff like that. But, you know, then you would talk about the culture, like the George Kondo and Kanye and, and Mirakami, um, you know, that just, uh, I don't even know if people realize that they they were seeing Mirakami art back in 2007, 2008. Um, so it was just ahead of his time and just talking about Basquiat and uh, and all of that. But it's interesting that you said, um, you know, you would find it, you would find the art, find what you want to do. And then you would discuss with your friend that this is what you want to do for a lifetime, for the rest of your life. Now, whenever you decided that, was the art you were making when you first started the same as the art that you're currently making right now or was it was it much different yeah um hell no <laughs> when i started i just started, like like i was saying like i was making like kid boo mixed with like conversation for you yeah i was just i was just making anything at that point i was just playing around with all these photo editing apps and stuff and I, I think when you start off, it's just it comes off this place of curiosity and you're just playing around with whatever you got. Um, I kind of really went in straight off the bat with digital. I played around with like collage work. I've done like, uh, you know, played around with color pencils and all these type of things. But I just gravitated towards digital. I'd seen a lot of my homies in the Twitter art community. I made, I made a lot of like like family members at this point, like people I consider close to my heart. And I've seen a lot of them more like working off iPads and using Photoshop and everything. So I just kind of took the risk of copping out. I remember when I first got my first iPad, I, that shit was crazy. I spent like, I think it was about 500. I remember it came in and I started tearing up, not because I was happy I got an iPad. I was like, damn, I just spent 500. What's wrong with me? But it was really just like, I'm going to take this risk. I'm going to really try to learn it. Everyone kept telling me Procale was such a dope app. And uh, I just went in through there and I just um, kept creating. So when I initially started, it was just, you know, taking references from whatever I could. Like Satoshi Kon, one of my favorite directors of all time. Uh, for anyone who hasn't heard him, definitely check out his work. Um, I'll take references from that or anime or music and fashion. I made like a like an undercover piece. Jun Takashi, one of my favorite fashion designers. I made like a Rick Owens piece, also one of my favorite designers. I'd reference like... Um, perfect blue i reference like just i was just taking a lot of references from outside and try to put my own twist on it and i think eventually as i kept creating i started to understand maybe like my own art language if that makes any sense like what am i trying to convey to the world and it just it was these thoughts just going through my head like you know what what made contemporary art so appealing to me in the first place and 
it was really learning about pieces like uh, Guernica, one of Picasso's pieces, or seeing what like Marcel Duchamp did, or uh, Joseph Boy, or Marina Abramovich. I always butcher her name. But just like all these people in the Warhols and the Rothkos, and you start to understand that like, yo, it's beyond just like the art piece itself or the colors and aesthetic or whatever. Those type of things can transcend. Like art can really transcend beyond just what you visually see or what you feel. It can be an experience. It can be a conversation. It can change your perspective on yourself and the world around you. And once I started having those thoughts, like, yo, this is why I love contemporary art. This is why I wanted to be an artist. I had to kind of look within myself and try to ask, like, yo, why am I creating? Like, what's the point of creating? You know what I mean? And I think this might be like a controversial statement to say, but I really feel like every single artist is um, to a certain extent, like narcissistic and not necessarily in a bad way. I, I don't hold that in a negative connotation, but more in the sense that we believe like our art means something. And we all try to find that meaning for ourselves. Why, like, it's really just asking yourself, like, why do I create? And for me, it was just like, I think I want to express myself. Like, who am I really? And uh, understanding that these feelings or the lived experience I have is shared by so many. And that's kind of part of our human nature to go through certain emotions or go through certain feelings. And I think the real beauty of art was kind of putting out my artwork and seeing others really resonate with it. Like, yo, bro, I felt that too. I understand what you're going through. I understand um, what that really means. And so I think the older I got and, you know, more mature and wise, I guess, in a way, I started to realize that art was therapeutic in a way. And it was really me um, showing the world who I am and allowing people to understand me better. And yeah, my art has definitely changed a lot. I use a lot of anatomy in my work now. And I really feel like it's like an integral motif in my work that really shows like, the rawness of humanity. And that's, I guess that's why I really create art. Uh, I love that rawness because I think at times, um, I, I think at times we forget to ask those more deeper questions about, you know, who we really are, why we do the things that we do and to share those like feelings and experiences that sometimes we're scared to say out loud and just to be able to see the amount of support and love I get, or just being able to create the, the, the real Active creation, I think, is such a powerful, beautiful feeling that I wish everyone could truly experience. I really feel like, you know, humans weren't meant to just like work a nine to five and just, you know, consume. And and, and that's that's nothing bad against anyone doing the nine to five and stuff. You know, you got to eat, you got to survive out here. But it's also like, I really feel like we were just meant to create, you know what I mean? And so I just kept creating and now I got the art that I'm making right now and I'm constantly trying to evolve, constantly being surrounded by all these amazing dope artists, perspectives, beautiful personalities. And I'm just living life at this point and creating. My bad. I, I know I'll be going on crazy tangents, but I hope they answered the question. No, bro. So I tell guests this all the time. I would much rather you ramble on And it's not a ramble by any means, but I would much rather people go on what they feel is a tangent or just keep on talking rather than just say, yeah. Oh, yeah, sick. Oh, yeah. Nice. You know, so, I mean, you're giving giving me something to work with. And I'm not going to lie, bro. Listening to you describe, um, I'm a dude, I can't lie. I'm a big I'm a big damn fucking traditional artist person. I am a big Rothko. I'm not going to say Rothko because I've probably spent most of my life saying I hate Rothko. Um, (laughs) But 
like I'm a I'm a big um yeah fuck it I'll use his name Rothko and 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 fucking Ellsworth Kelly and and Keith Haring Warhol the you know all of them and I'm real big on just actual art Caravaggio um, Waterhouse Monet JWM um, but I, I feel like not enough people like give a fuck about art like. I don't, I don't, I feel like people just see like NFTs and Web3 and think like profile pictures and stuff. And whenever, <clears throat> and whenever the real art does pop out, and I know people hate when I say real art, but that's, I, I'm considering like art versus profile pictures. Like one of those is real art to me. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe people get that. Maybe they don't. But my whole point is it, it really surprises me that other people are being caught by surprise whenever they see real art winning. Like whenever you are starting to pick up and I have no doubt in my mind that you'll be up there with the, with the great names of the other artists that, that people talk about right now in due time. But it's like, whenever that happens, whether it's tomorrow or, or next week, it shouldn't surprise people whenever real art wins and I feel like you're a good example of someone that has amazing art. Um, the people that you hang around with, like you said, are amazing, bro. I'm very lucky and honored to call you a friend. Shout out to you, bro. Um, Appreciate you. Absolutely. Absolutely. But that that does bring me to this question. And all the shit I might have just said might not even make sense to what y'all to what y'all are hearing. I mean, y'all might be like, God, yeah, this dude's rambling on about nothing. But um, <laughs> I say all that to say... Um, you know, Milan is super fucking dope. I love your art, but it, I do have the question of why anatomy though, bro? Like why the art style that you, why you have what you have, I guess I should say, because I do see your art and I do ask questions. I do feel certain ways. There's pieces where I look at them. I'm like, damn, this just, this is fucking fire. Like this makes me feel away. You know what I'm saying? But I don't know what it is about it, bro. Um, you know, I often say, like, I can't create what I like to collect. You, if you've ever seen my work, um, you know, I'm super minimal. I'm putting a couple shapes on a paper. I might even do an all-white on white paper just because, you know. But I see your stuff, and it's totally opposite. It's a lot going on in a good way. Um, the anatomy, I mean, everything's spot on. So what is it that drew you to that? I'd say um, it's it's a lot of things. I I even got to a point where subconsciously I had to ask myself why I chose anatomy or whatever. But I would have to say it was was this piece I made a long, long time ago. Probably like, it might've been almost like two years at this point. It was this piece called Anatomical Blues. And the whole concept of that piece was a play on words where this, uh, this anatomical, like humanoid kind of portrait figure is... It's literally, you know, covered in these different shades of blues, but also at the same time, it's feeling like melancholy. It's feeling some sort of like sadness and, you know, this sereneness that just, just like, that's like what I was getting off uh, the piece when I finished it. And something about that piece, uh, I read still to this day is one of my favorite pieces I made of all time, not in the sense of its uh, technical skill or the intention behind it or anything, but I think it was really one of the first pieces I made in my early career where I was like, yo, I think I did something and I'm really proud of it. And I, and I think that's really the most important thing where I genuinely felt proud of that piece. 
a lot of pieces I made, I wasn't, I wasn't really happy with it. I was just, I was just like, you know, I'm creating, it's fun, whatever. But that was the first piece I was genuinely proud about. And I think it just made me tap into my subconscious mind and like, yo, why, why did I, why did I choose to make this? And I think uh, portraits have been a big part of my work too, where I feel like, you know, we, as corny as it sounds, where it sounds like you, you're saying like some poet or like writer kind of perspective, but yo, uh, eyes are powerful. And I feel like when you look into the eyes of a figure, you can almost feel its emotion. You can understand what it's going through. And I think that's why portraits became a super big uh, motif in my work, just this constant reoccurring theme. And then with anatomy, it was just my way of uh, depicting humanity. And something I was kind of talking about with a lot of my homies, where I say my generation of artists have all figured out their own perception of a muse in a way, whether that be not a muse in the sense of like they're drawing their significant other or someone that they really like to look up, but almost in the sense that we figured out our muses to depict humanity, to make other people resonate with it or almost put ourselves in it. And so that comes out through, you know, silhouettes, silhouettes or like uh, a reoccurring character from certain artists or like, you know, um, some sort of like abstract kind of humanoid figure. Like if, if you really look through a lot of artists from my generation, whether it be through the NFT art community or just like the Twitter art community, whatever, we all have our own like ideas of what the, the human looks like. And we're playing around with all these like different ways to go for it. And I feel like for me, it was really important to use anatomy because it's one of the few ways that I've kind of felt like I can express myself while pulling out all the preconceived notions. Um, you don't, you don't necessarily have any type of idea or stereotypes to place on, you know, this anatomical figure. All you do really know that it's a, it's a human, some sort of human. It's some sort of abstract, surreal or realistic looking human. And that way it gives like this sense of rawness where all you can really do is just accept what that figure is trying to express, the experience it's having or the emotion it's conveying. And that's the only thing you can really take out of it. You can't say like this figure has to be from here or there or act like this. It do, can't do none of that. It's just a rawness of humanity. And I feel like that's what made me uh, go with anatomy. And also just I'm a huge fan of Leonardo da Vinci, probably one of my favorite artists of all time like period to, to the point where I'm just like, I'm going to be considered a digital Da Vinci one day. Like they're going to start calling me that. Cause I just, I just love his work so much. And I felt like he, I don't necessarily even think a lot of times he went in, he went in about it through just the pure sake of creating art during like his time where it was just like people commissioning you to do like these artworks. It wasn't about making the most lavish or most beautiful. That's all of a car uh, Caravaggio too and stuff. It wasn't about making the most beautiful looking artwork or anything. It was really just, just, just trying to show the real human. And I think that's really the most beautiful thing because I feel like in a way art is almost like fantasy. I remember I mentioned in the space uh, before where art is really your chance of like escaping the reality that we live in. And now you get to live in someone else's world or another fantasy. You get to see these things that don't really exist, but they get to exist in front of you through a picture, through Twitter or wherever you see the artwork. And for me, it was just like being able to still show that world of fantasy, show this world that doesn't exist, but kind of bring you back down to earth by showing you this very human, a very human feeling, a very human experience. And also just, uh, I remember, I don't know, the story just stuck with me how Basquiat had gone to an accident when he was younger and his mom bought him a Grey's Anatomy book, his book about like a lot of anatomy. And I went through a lot of Basquiat's work and I seen the way he was playing around with anatomy 
And again, it was similar to where I would feel, I would, I would feel connected with a lot of his work, even though, even though it wasn't necessarily a human, you know, I mean, it wasn't a photograph of a human in his work, but you can make out some sort of figure, uh, no, no matter how much he was like abstracting it, or they, I think he was defined as like neo-expressionism or however, it was just, I don't know, I, I, th- I thought it was a really interesting way to show humanity without literally showing humanity. And so that was just my way of kind of going about it, using anatomy and making it surreal or making it look very realistic or abstract, playing around with the body and just to constantly show this humanoid figure that people can relate to, but almost in a way they can't point anyone, they, they can't picture anything in real life that actually looks like that. So I, I guess that was just my reasoning for going into anatomy. Interesting, bro. So, I mean, that was one thing that I had always wondered because I see your pieces and I'm just like, damn, bro, like this dude be be doing the hell out of some bodies. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I've been seeing a lot of people in his stuff. And uh, of course, in the most respectful and kind way, I'm just like, but damn, this is fire, though. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, I mean, damn, that's that's wild. So I do want to ask you. So. Uh, it sounds like over the time, you're definitely someone that appreciates the hell out of art. Uh, and that's something that I have a lot of respect for, especially people that care about the art. They know the history. Um, you know, I'm not saying people have to go to college and, and fucking get a a, their, uh, a master's in fucking art or nothing. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, you know, I, I can respect those that appreciate art. And that definitely makes me wonder, like, who in this web three space, um, you know, you did name some artists that you were fond of traditionally, but who in the web three space, is there anyone that you can name um, that you see their work and you're like, that's, that's talent right there. I, I could, I could definitely, there's too many to name off the bat. Absolutely. I, I think there's so many talented artists in the web three space, but the ones that kind of, I really appreciate whether it be their, their mix of like aesthetic and intention and everything. Um, I've I, I done an article recently with um, 137, I think that's how they're pronounced. Yeah. And I kind of mentioned these three artists too. I'd mentioned uh, Ram Dezen, which is my good brother, uh, Ahmed. I love him to that. Almost like a, a big brother to me. I just really love his work. I think he's so talented. He loves, I love the way he plays around with like, I, his kind of aesthetic right now or style right now would be like these kind of punk inspired figures. And he's, you know, he got like this crazy mosh pit piece coming out soon. He's he just made some recent works where they're like fighting. I just find it so raw. Um, I just love artists that make like super, super raw look, uh, artworks like that. And also Charisma, also another good friend of mine. I love his work so much. Insane. Mixes like this digital and physical kind of look together. Something that I've always really, really admired kind of blending the whole worlds of digital and physical together. Um, he just makes some insane artworks that I have no idea how he makes it. I wish I did, because I think he's insane. Um, Torell's a go-to. I really feel like, I, beyond just like the Web3 space, how he's changed culture, meta, and all those type of things, what he's been able to accomplish so far. I also feel like the way he's the way he's been able to do storytelling is something that I've been kind of, trying to attempt myself that I'm, I'm really trying to look into beyond just like showing these figures, but how do I kind of put them in their own universe and have them interact with one another? I really feel like the way he does it is insane. It's so dope. Um, 
damn, too many to name. I'm, I could probably name you like a hundred, so I'm just throw off a, like, like a quick 30 and shit. Shout out Provider K. I think he's so insane. Shout out Ego Dead, Nishan. Everyone I name is definitely like uh, a close friend of mine or a good friend of mine. Um, Ego Dead is insane. Solo Saint, Amu's Vision, uh, Avaj, Waiting Pakistani, Shaz did this, Surreal Serpentine, It's Hamad's World. Shout out my brother Cliff, Cliff Boylan, Burrito Dao Gang. Shout out all the Burrito Dao. Had to throw that in there. Shout out to uh, Roswell and shout out Serena and Naya and Bushra. Shout out Storm. Shout out Bear, Key. Shout out all of Kula. If you know who Kula is, definitely check out everyone um, who's part of Kula. Shout out. Ah, there's just too many. There's too many to name. But there's so many amazing artists that I, I think within the Web3 space that people really need to go out and find and fall in love with their work and just just see. Um, like, I remember I made a tweet the other day where it's like, yo, we're really the new generation of artists. You know what I mean? Like, we're really, we, I really feel like we'll be the new leaders of where art takes us. And we'll truly be able to accumulate... We'll be, we'll be able to accumulate the culture in the sense that we can shift culture and show people what art can be. Kind of like how you had talked about it previously, like real art versus PFP art. And there's no hate against PFP art. I, I totally understand the reasoning behind all those type of things. But I feel like we really have the power to show people this is what art can be. And, you know, the description of like what an artist and NFTs look like can completely change. We've got so many insane artists. Um, and yeah, I just think it's amazing, man. I have to agree, brother. I have to agree. And, um, you know, big shout out to, you know, you mentioned some people. Shout out to to Erica over at uh, 1.37 p.m. Great woman. Um, but, you know, you you named some amazing artists. Like, uh, bro was spitting off a, a Wu-Tang list of names. Bro uh, <laughs> named about 40 people right there. No, nah, it's all love. Uh, especially Ram. Ram is super solid. Charisma. Uh, yo, Absolutely amazing curator and uh, even better artist. Uh, and Charisma, if you hear this, I am going to say an even better artist because I, I fucking love your art. Uh, he knows that. Insane. Yeah, he's insane. He'll be coming on the podcast before too long. We've already talked about it. Uh, Terrell, you named Terrell, which, which funny enough, I look over as I'm talking to Milan and I see that Terrell had dropped the piece. Um, I didn't even know he was dropping a piece today, so I'm going to have to go pick up one from him. Uh, super sick piece at an affordable price. So shout out to TJ. Um, and even like you said, Roz, bro, Roz will actually be on here, uh, next week. So for me, I was very excited. I, I don't talk about numbers or any of that, uh, ever on the podcast, but you know what guys, I'm going to toot my own horn and say, do it. Must, you know what I'm saying? Like, let's go for having Terrell, Milan, T. Joe, uh, Jeremy Booth, Roswell. Uh, you know what I'm saying? All back to back to back to back to back to back. And um, it's just something that I'm super proud of because I feel, you know, the PFP era was was definitely a saga that a lot of people whether it made you money, you found people you like, uh, you know, it, it was a good time, but now I feel like I will be super proud of these episodes. Like in two years, three years, when I look back at this episode with Milan, I'm going to be super proud to be like, yo, we were looking at his art back in 2022, 23. 
same with some of these other artists. And it's not like a, oh, I, I was on this person before you. It's just <laughs> like, a, for real, bro, like, we really like the art, man. We really enjoy the art. Like, we're really, like, we mentioned the Caravaggio's and the Leonardo da Vinci's because, like, them are the goats to us. Like, them are, I mean, I, I know a lot of people know who Leonardo da Vinci is, but much, much more than just the Mona Lisa. I, and, I, and I really, truly, oh, God. I really, truly hope people realize, like, how goaded that dude is. Like, it might only been, I think, like, what, 24 paintings, but he's the truth. And, and let me not keep on rambling on. Milan, this is all about you, bro. Um, you named some. Now, hold on. Go, hold ahead, up. go ahead. Go ahead. Shout out, Sniper. Y'all go follow my brother. <laughs> listen to every episode. I listened to Terrell joint the other day. I listened to, uh, I think it was Jake Freed. I hope I pronounced his name right. Yeah. I was like, bro, you got insane people coming to your joint. I appreciate you for having me over here, man. You deserve all the love because you really seen the vision. And uh, 2023 and every year after that is the year of the artist. I'm about to show people what we're really capable of, what we can do with community, what we could do with our own art, how much we can spread it around the world. So big shout out to Sniper for taking his time out to show love to all of us. I had to throw that in real quick. My fault, yeah, King. Go ahead. Say what you want. That's so real. No, that's so real, man. <laughs> and uh, it always feels good whenever you have legit people like yourself uh, kind of, you know, notice what's going on. And, uh, you know, I've been doing this damn podcast since November of 2021. Um, you know, I never need anyone to like, solidify how hard I've been going, but I'll, I'll never, ever belittle the fact that when someone like can be like, yo, bro, you doing your thing. I don't care who you are. That fucking feels amazing. Uh, and like I said, for it to come from someone like you, bro, just means so much more to me. Um, and that's why, I mean, like I said, I got the Malines, the Jake Freeds, the Terrells, like, Y'all are artists that I really like hold highly, bro. And I, and I really feel like y'all have not only good knowledge about art, but I, I truly believe that if NFTs weren't even here, y'all would still be creating art. Y'all would still have love for art. And that's what I'm proud of. I can look back on these episodes and be like, I got what I felt like were great artists and, and great people around me. And Fuck it. This is this is what the history is going to be, bro. So enough just rambling on, man. Let's let's talk about a little bit more. Uh, I have five questions at the end that I ask everybody. Um, I'm still a little bit away from those, but uh, I'll pull those up over here. So I do want to ask. Let me try to catch you off guard and ask, what is your favorite piece that you've ever made, though, bro? This has nothing to do with the five questions, but it's definitely a question that I've been dying to ask you do you have a favorite piece right now uh and if so is it a released piece unreleased piece uh maybe talk to us about that i can't pick one <laughs> that's that's impossible <laughs> that's 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 crazy to pick one i feel that but um i would say a, a, a couple that i would say is probably my favorite pieces that i'm so proud of how they came out um one of my pieces why do i feel nothing i think that was probably one of my most vulnerable pieces um, you, you know, I kind of mentioned it before. Um, I feel like the perfect artwork, in my opinion, is something that's aesthetically appealing and conceptually dense. Meaning, uh, I kind of explained it in a couple of times where it was just like aesthetically appealing in the sense that it catches your eye, right? Something about it, whether it be the composition, 
uh, color theory or figurative work, whatever it is, something is catching your eye and it makes you stop to look at it. And then, then comes the conceptually dense part where you just keep looking at it because you start to understand that this piece is transcending beyond just its visual language. It's, it's more than just what you're looking at. There's a larger picture being painted by it. And if you can achieve that and you can create this larger idea or story or concept or intention or whatever it may be, then you can make someone really start to pay attention. And then they can take in the art for more than what it really is. And they'll start to ask those questions. And I think that's what like contemporary art is or what art will, in my opinion, what art should be. But um, yeah, Why Do I Feel Nothing? Such a vulnerable piece. Um, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. I won't get too much into what that piece is about. But I was so happy with how it came out. I was kind of like channeling like channeling like a, a Martha Rothko kind of aesthetic, using the anatomy that I do and then bringing in that intention, um, accepting all my flaws, which is my profile picture to this day. It's probably, it's probably my longest profile picture I've ever had. A couple of people know how many. I used to, I used to be dropping like a piece of once every couple of months or something. And then I'll just change my profile picture to that piece. But uh, this, except on my flies, it's kind of stuck to this day. I'm just, I'm just super proud of how that piece came out. Um, just, just the whole concept of like accepting your own flaws and being okay with, you know, just, just things that really do consider us human nature. I, I think at times we like to look at the positives of what human nature is and, you know, whether it be being able to love and creativity and happiness and joy and all these things. But, you know, jealousy is a part of that too. Greed is part of that too. Um, sadness and frustration, all these things are what make us whole and, that piece is really about accepting the flaws that I had and being okay with it. And I say a recent piece, uh, the open edition I did, um, I'm only human. The question that I was really asking in that piece too, uh, you know, really just really portraying this actual anatomical looking human, kind of like uh, back to the idea, like the rawness of humanity, what's underneath all, all of our skin and preconceived notions. Um, you really are just a human being. And underneath all those things are these questions that, I feel like we should really be asking ourselves more and kind of on that piece, I was just asking all these like questions that really poke at your subconscious and make you wonder about who you really are. Um, how do you really feel? And I was just so happy to make that an open edition because I feel like I knew that piece would probably be spread amongst the internet the most compared to any of my pieces, just, you know, for the sake of how open editions work. And I'm happy that it really went to so many people. Cause I feel like as time goes on, whether it be, you know, a week or a month or a years or whatever, people kind of go back and read those questions again. And uh, I think those questions will always be timeless. Well, what I was trying to convey in that piece will always be timeless. So I say those are some three pieces that I'm super, super proud about how they came out. And uh, I fall in love with the, the aesthetic that I was able to achieve in that and just like the intention that I was trying to bring with those pieces. So I say those three. Absolutely stunning pieces. Very, very beautiful pieces. Do you mind if I tell you the three that I really like by you? Go crazy. Bro, Go stupid. So I have to say probably my top my top piece. Actually, I won't say my top piece first. So I think one of the first pieces that I've seen by you was Sometimes I Feel Alone. Mm. Um, That's a banger. 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 That's a banger. A lot of people. Absolute banger, bro. Oh. A lot of people love that um, one. And then uh, I think these might be three three of your most popular pieces, but 
the number one spot is a is it actually a tie between Slaughterhouse? Mm. Which I mean, I feel like you real for that. You no, know, I feel like you should know. But listen to this one. I feel like I'm more real for the second one I'm about to name. Letting the pain burn away. You real for that. You, know what <laughs> you real as hell for that. <laughs> Yo, those those pieces. pieces. <laughs> are crazy look at the synchronicity right there even we both know it those pieces you are see, crazy bro this is why I fuck with you bro you see the vision see with, with those two pieces you know um, it's, it's it's I think this it's this thing that no one wants to say out loud and, and it's completely okay I completely understand it but I always like to challenge the status quo and for me it's never about reaching everyone it's about attempting to reach everyone and whoever listens or understands or sees what I was trying to do will get it. You know I mean? It's okay if I talk to a hundred people and only one person gets it. That's, that's cool with me. You know, I ain't worried about getting to everyone, but the people that see what I did, they'll understand it. With Slaughterhouse and, you know, with those two pieces, it was really, uh, it was really me accepting like, like, okay, okay. I'm, a lot of people don't think it's very controversial to say it, but you know what I mean? You only live once, might as well say what's really on your Thanks. mind. I think, um, I, I understand how, I understand how audiences work. I understand how people, um, people absorb art or whatever, right? And there's certain, there's certain like figurative things or certain color palettes or whatever that is very appealing. And I think people will always be drawn to those type of things. But I really feel like it's a cop-out in a certain sense because, at least in my own experience of wanting to be an artist, I'm not trying to appeal. I'm just trying to question. I want people to question. And so with those two pieces, I already knew off the bat, super dark, some, some of my darkest pieces, um, down to the concept behind those pieces, down to the color palette behind those pieces. Um, I was really channeling in, like, Francis Bacon level stuff, especially with Slaughterhouse. I was... Um, like Slaughterhouse was really about you accepting um, death. You know what I mean? You really having to accept the fact that one day we will not walk this earth and having to see pieces of me, you know, just like, you know, people have probably been to a butcher shop or I've seen it on TV or whatever. My dad, uh, growing up, my dad was a butcher for a minute. So I've literally seen like cut up pieces of me quite often. And uh, you kind of think about it like that was a life at one point. It was a breathing, walking animal or whatever it was walking at one point and now it's gone and it'll just live on to this earth whether it's eaten whether it goes into the ground it'll no longer exist so slaughterhouse was really this idea of like you having to accept your mortality you're not going to live forever and so when you kind of looking at it from that angle you look at those pieces of me and just start to understand that that could be you and in a little like um east egg and that piece if you look really closely it's like a hook actually attached to the figure itself so it's looking at all these pieces that are kind of like chained up, but it's chained up too. One day it's going to have to accept its mortality. So that was Slaughterhouse and letting the um, pain burn away was also, I think, a super, super dark piece where it was really having to accept the fact that you got to to really accept pain and trauma and all these negative emotions and experiences that we go through. You got to let it burn. You genuinely have to let it burn. You can't just hide from it because we can run from our demons as much as we really want to, but they'll always be there. You kind of have to face it and let it burn. That's the only way you're ever actually able to get past it. So that was a super dark piece too. So shout out Sniper for, for seeing those two pieces. I'm, I was super proud of how those came out. But off the bat, I already understood that a lot of people might not um, 
like it or might not understand what I was trying to do there or just not gravitate towards it. But I've, I've had a lot of people kind of tell me that those are some of their favorite pieces or they really like how it came out or what I was trying to do with those pieces. And that means a lot. Shouts out to you, bro. Great choices. <laughs> Great choices. Absolutely, man. Um, so those that know me, uh, they know that, you know, I've been battling uh, whatever this chronic illness is since June. And um, this piece was released in November uh, in a time which I don't I don't I don't want to say created. It was minted um, in, in November. Uh, and whenever I had first seen it, it had just meant a lot to me as someone who is dealing with a lot of pain, um, especially there were times where there was aspects where I did feel like I was in a fire and I was being burned just from like the simple shit that I was going through. So there was a lot of times where, um, you know, Milan's put out artwork that I've resonated with. I'm somebody that deals with, uh, I, I think the correct way to say it would be, um, I, I deal with morta- mortality salience, which is, um, those that know, no, if you don't, you can go look it up. Um, so yeah, a lot of the pieces that I've seen you make, I, I believe that's why I hold you so highly because, uh, art is very subjective and everyone's definitely entitled to their own opinion, even if it's shit, I'm sorry. Um, but when it comes to my opinion on art, I feel like I have the best and Milan is number one. Uh, <laughs> but in all, Love you, <laughs> in all seriousness, absolutely, brother. Um, you know, I, I just really felt like that's why I really fucked with your art because there was just so much going on, a lot of substance. And like I said earlier, I can't create what I like to collect. And I hate when people are like, yeah, you can, bro. Just go out there and try. That's not what I'm saying. Like, I'm saying I don't want to create shit like this. And whenever I see people that have the capability to create stuff like this, I'm, I'm blown away because it's, it's just mind blowing. Um, so I do want to say letting the pain burn away is probably my number one, probably my number one. Um, but all your shit just goes so hard. Um, but I did want to ask you, bro. I don't, um, I don't want to just stay on uh, some of the small things. Let's talk about a big thing. I know you're part of Burrito Dow. Are you a part of any other collectives currently, um, or or is it just Burrito Dow or and and other friends? Yeah, yeah. So re- recently, I, I I've been messing with Burrito Dow for a minute. Shout out Joe. Shout out No. Shout out Hamad. Those are super close friends of mine. Um, and, and then it got to a point where I was doing meetings with Brito Dow, and I was like, yo, can I just be considered part of Brito Dow at this point? They're like, yeah, bro. Like, we was just waiting. So, yeah, I'm part of Brito Dow. I'm part of Pure Web 3. That's ran by uh, Roswell and Terrell. Shout out my boy, Irfan, too. Um, they're also part of Kula, which I guess, uh, in, in a way, I kind of helped create. Um, and it's crazy about the Wu-Tang Clan. I almost feel like I'm the RZA of Kula. And, like, if you know, you know. <laughs> so when I kind of, you know, I mean, like, if you know, you know, like, I mean, I, I'm definitely putting it to myself, but it was really just, um, coming out with cool and stuff. I just seen, uh, I seen the way people was doing events, creating collectives and all these type of things. And I, and that's how I respect and love people like pure web three and breed without so much that I'm willing to even associate myself with them. Cause I feel like y'all see the, the bigger picture. What's, what's the point of doing a collective? It's really about, 
you know, helping out other people, doing dope things, creating dope art, bringing together these insanely talented creatives and individuals and trying to show the world what's possible when you get all these people together. So Akula was just um, like literally all Akula is extremely close friends of mine. I've known some of these people for like two years, a year. Like I've known these for so long. I've met a lot of them in real life. I consider them so close to my heart. And it was really me just um, wanting to create a collective to show people like, yo, this is what art can be. You know what I mean? Like this is, and we have insane variety, but we have an insane variety of so many dope mediums and artists and styles and aesthetics and personalities and charisma. It's like, yo, I got a crazy collective. They're all super close to me, super good friends of mine. And I just wanted to take a chance to really get us all together and start putting out, you know, just dope projects, dope work, dope events. I got so many plans in the future, but it really just, that's why I love Joe and Hamad so much. It really takes a couple of visionaries to get things going. And then once you do it, so much can be achieved. So much, so many beautiful things can happen. So many conversations can happen. So many just experiences can be created. And that was just my point in doing it. But yeah, to, to fully answer the question, it would be Pure Web 3. Shouts out to Ron Roswell for creating that. I'm part of that, part of Burrito Dow. Shout out to Burrito Dow, of course, and shout out Kula. Bro, yes. Uh, I'll definitely be talking to Roswell about um, Pure Web 3 and what he's doing over there. Love Roz, love TJ. Um, but it's so interesting, bro, to see um, how many cool groups you have and how many times you didn't hit me up for them. Um, that's, <laughs> that's crazy. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, being part of Burrito Dow, bro, I've, I've got the luxury of meeting you and so many other uh, amazing artists. So it's been a blast, bro. And I'm definitely, definitely excited to see what you're doing with Kula, what Pure Web 3 does. Just seeing all these collectives come together, uh, whether it's collective, just groups, gangs, whatever y'all want to call them. There's a lot of good art. Gangs is crazy. (laughs) Gangs is crazy, ain't it? Um, (laughs) That's a Rico case. (laughs) I know all these gangs that you guys are making, um, but... Yeah, you freaking, you hoodlums. Uh, y'all are doing all this crazy stuff, bringing great art to the masses. How could y'all? Um, yes, sir. <laughs> but that's what I'm excited for, exactly that. The fact that we have so many cool artists, great people coming together. Uh, and it's just a super dope way to just bring so much more to so many people. Um, maybe even some that, you know, others might have never seen. That's why I need to get, uh, with the collective so I can start pushing the minimal movement. Not enough people out here, bro, are on the minimal movement. They, they're they too caught up in, in being really, really, really good like Milan and making this really freaking <laughs> intricate stuff. They need to get more like me, man. Just put a bubble on a screen. Nah. Um, but Crazy. I clicked the audition, though, by the no, way. No, dude, I saw that. Um, for those that don't know, I'm trying very hard because I'm someone, like Milan said earlier, who just genuinely loves and enjoys art, especially creating it. And there's never a better feeling than, like for me, for example, I'm not someone who can make this super um, crazy good art. And that's not saying someone's better than the other. Um, I know what Milan puts into his artwork and that shit is fucking dope. Um, me, I'm more on a, I like to simplify stuff. 
uh, Mark Rothko style, maybe color filled painting where I just like putting colors and shapes on pages. But my point was to see Milan and see someone as talented as him collect a piece for me, bro. I was like, wow. Wow. Like um, even as simple as it was. Yeah. No, I mean, that's real, bro. And that's why I feel like just uh, everything that we're doing now currently, I think will pay off in the long run, just supporting friends, supporting genuine art, supporting those around us. And um, before we jump over to the five questions, bro, I just want to ask you one last thing. And that's um, what are you currently working on? Is there anything that you're currently doing? Um, anything that you can share with us? You don't have to drop any alpha or nothing. I don't want to get nobody in trouble. But um, what are you currently working on? And what can the people kind of like look forward to in 2023 from Milan? I got you. Um, so I'm definitely working on the second burn for my open edition. Hopefully trying to get that out by next week. Uh, also thinking about doing a one-on-one. I'm super excited about that piece. I already kind of have it like half worked out, uh, sketched out, got the whole concept down. Can't wait to do that. I'm going to do my very first bidders edition for that one-on-one. So looking forward to that. I have like this interesting idea for what I'm going to do for the bidders edition. And then beyond that, um, I'm definitely start working on the the cooler drop, trying to get that out soon. Uh, catch me in New York City, in NFC New York City, if you're out there. Definitely going to try to do uh, an event out there with a lot of, lot of, you know, people that we're all familiar with. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Beyond that, man, it's just constantly grinding. I really feel like January has been one of my best months as an artist, even beyond like the sales or numbers or money or whatever, just the amount of work I've been really putting in. I feel like I'm really in this beautiful flow, um, constantly being inspired. I'm just pushing myself to go harder. Uh, like I'll be, I'll be having conversation with my homies. Like I was talking to Ahmed and uh, my friend Ahmad the other day. And I was just like, go ten times harder. That's all I'm like. How hard are you going right now? Go ten times harder, because we understand how cutthroat the world can be. We understand how you know it works out for artists, whatever fuck historically, whatever. And I just want to make sure we really become some of the greatest ever. And so I just gotta constantly remind myself how much work that really takes, and kind of a little bit what you were kind of talking about. Um, I think a lot of times people people believe that they're not capable of science because they don't have the innate talent for it. They weren't born with it or whatever, but it takes a lot of blood, sweat and tears and motivation and dedication and hard work and practice and all these types of things to really get to where you're at. And I think there's so much of that that's behind closed doors that people don't see. And I really would wish artists would be more transparent about what, what that really entails. And so for me, it's just like all the idols that I looked up to, all my role models, they put in so much work to get to where they're at to be able to create what they're able to create. So just me um, modeling that and uh, just going harder. So 2023 really about to be a year of Medio Lana. <laughs> I'm going to go crazy. I'm going to come crazy. I'm going to keep on working, keep on building. And I'm super appreciative. I don't take it for granted for every single human being that supports me. So shout out to everyone. Appreciate y'all. Nah, that's so real. Um, damn, bro kind of caught me like with a, with a right hook off guard because I was – I'm sitting here like, yeah, bro, spitting, bro. He is up here spitting right now. And then he stops, and I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm the host. Uh, let me, uh, I said that on the last episode, bro. It was like with T. Joe. I'm just like in the middle. I'm like, damn, bro, spitting. And then I'm like, 
Oh damn! Yeah, I gotta ask, uh, I gotta ask him something else <laughs> so he can continue to spit. Uh, I'm just leaving him here. My mic was muted and everything, and he was just sitting there like, "Yo, you good over there?" Like, <laughs> I mean, like, are you, you good? Hey, shout get out, tuned back in. Shout out to Tijo too. Yeah, yeah. But big shout out to Tijo. That's my brother. Right there. He going crazy. God. Oh my god! All of y'all, man. All of y'all. You, Tijo, Terrell, Rise. You know, there's so many people. Charisma, Ram. Um, so many people, bro. Um, but you know, we've we've talked about a lot of things. Honestly, Milan, we could go for another fucking almost two, three hours just talking about art, talking about what you do. Um, so in the future, you're definitely gonna have to come back, bro. Um, we'll we'll double back, see what all you've done in the last fucking last couple months. We'll talk more art, we'll talk more about what you're doing by then. I'm sure you'll be a, a freaking bajillionaire in a new mansion. <laughs> but um, I, I, I know you're going to be winning by then. You're already winning. Uh, and I truly believe that 2023 will be filled with nothing but dubs. I hope it is at least. But let's jump over to these five questions, bro. Um, I like to ask people the same five questions. We're officially on season two. Um, so these five questions will be just as easy as season one. Maybe a little easier, but we started off with what is your goal in 2023? That can be a personal goal or Web3 goal, um, whatever one of your goals is, what would one be? I'd say um, in the beginning of January, I kind of told myself that I was aiming to make like 10 artworks a month. And I know that's not reasonable. And I'm definitely someone who believes in quality over quantity. But it was really this, uh, it was really kind of forcing myself to go harder because I really feel like I can, I can go so much harder. I just really need to lock in. So I think I've made about five or six pieces. Um, some of them were like for like projects or like other things or whatever. Um, but yeah, I was just like, it's possible. You know, I mean, I already clocked in like six in a month. And normally I remember at one point when I wasn't really feeling confident in myself as an artist I, I was too scared to even call myself an artist I was doing like a piece like every couple of months or whatever but now I feel like I'm really in the flow so one of my biggest goals is to constantly pushing out art not for the sake of likes or retweets or sales or whatever but to really believe in myself and what I'm capable of and show the world what I am capable of and you know bring out all these crazy ideas I have in my head that still haven't you know touched the iPad screen or paper or whatever um, it's really put out a lot of that. Also to bring in physical work. Um, shout out my brother Ram, who's really pushed me to really take painting seriously. I've been painting with acrylic, just messing around, doing all sorts of type of things. Uh, got into like oil pastels recently. So really want to put out some physical artwork too, um, to really get that depth and texture you can't achieve with digital. That's probably one main thing. And just do dope shit with my homies, really show people what we're capable of. Um, I got so many ideas. I don't want to, you know, put out anything yet, but just do dope shit. You know what I mean? Do events, all these type of things, just to show people what's really possible and that creativity is such an important thing and creatives are the real leaders of the world. And uh, I, I guess on a bigger note, it's just to make the world a better place. You know what I mean? I feel like, especially growing up, to, especially growing up I really viewed the world as a very cool place and that kind of affects your own personality and your own perspective on life and everything but as we've gotten older i've been so 
humbled that I've been able to meet so many beautiful people, so many amazing people that have changed my mind on the kindness that exists in the world. So I'd really just say to constantly be kind to everyone, help out people as much as I can, because um, a little kindness really goes a long way. So uh, I guess those are my goals for 2023. Damn. All right. Well, that, that's the end of the podcast. We're not asking Milan any more questions. He talks way too – no. That was perfect, bro. I, <laughs> I actually love that, man. Um, it's you don't, I don't think you understand. Uh, I find this so funny because everybody that's been on the podcast ha- has been amazing guests. But I can tell not everyone does tons and tons of podcasts because, I mean, we're not celebrities or nothing. Um, and, but so many people are not able to give like good fucking length answers. And I know I've said that a couple of times, people, people, I'm gassing you, bro. I'm gassing (laughs) you. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm gonna have to put a, a, a character max on this dude, like Twitter. Uh, so tell me in, in 200 characters or less, uh, no, I'm just kidding. If you could. No, I got you a short answer. No, if you could live anywhere. No, you you make them as long as you want, brother. I don't get it. Damn. Um, if you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be, man? I'm not sure yet. I got to travel the world more to figure out where I'd want to live. But I do know where I want to visit. Definitely got to visit um, Japan, Tokyo. I'm a huge fashionist. So I got to check out, like, uh, the oh, Harajuku, kind of like that whole fashion scene out there. Uh, definitely got to go to London. I got to go to Milan one day, Italy, <laughs> just for the fuck's sake of it. I got to hit every fashion week. Um, I got to go to LA still. I've been to Florida, been around like Tri-Serie in New York and shit. Um, yeah, just travel. I don't know exactly where I'd want to live, to be honest. Somewhere where it's cold enough to wear a jacket, but it's not always cold where my toes are freezing. So <laughs> hopefully that answers it. I had to, no, that, that definitely answers it. I had to check the uh, the analytics real quick. Uh, I'm definitely an L.A. guy, man. I've been to L.A., and I can say this proudly because my top three most downloaded cities are are in order, L.A., New York, Boston. So um, I, I love you, New York, but uh, <laughs> dude, L.A. definitely has it. I mean, I just – I have a bad run in New York right now. I'm like 0 for 2. I haven't um, had any successful times in New York, so – Cut me some slack, anybody listening in. Uh, it's not, it's not any undeserved hate. Like uh, I, legit have been dying in that. Situation. You gotta be like, you gotta be built different to live in New York. I, I grew up in Brooklyn, so I definitely understand why people ain't a fan of uh, it. But it's yeah, all, but I also got its perks. I see that you definitely have to be built different because I went there, and it seemed like my, I guess sinuses or what would that be? Your immune system, uh, yeah, it just could not hold up. I was not built for that. Uh, so I came right back to Kentucky, and I will keep my ass here, uh, <laughs> for real. Number three would be, uh, what is your biggest pet peeve, bro? About just in general, it can, or it can be something specific. It can be in general. It can be with art. It could be Web three related. It could be whatever you want it to be. Anything. Um, I I really would say my biggest pet peeve is people not willing to put them put themselves in other people's shoes. I, th- I think, and you know, it's part of human nature. I think, I think we're very judgmental in a sense, but uh, I think we'd be, I think we'd live in a better world if we were willing to kind of put ourselves in other people's shoes, kind of try to understand their lived experiences and what they've been through 
and not be so quick to judge people on how they act or react or how they live their life. So that's my biggest pet peeve. Be generous and kind. I hate people that aren't. <laughs> that's gonna be tight. Yo, don't don't shorten up the answers now, Mister Talk a lot. <laughs> don't don't try to. Sh- hey, if you want me to, no, I go crazy. Don't, it's don't up to shorten you. me up now, man. You you've been killing. Nah, uh, answer me however you want, bro. <laughs> Love messing with you. And for those listening in, um, I'm usually for whatever reason way more serious. Um, it's really fun. I've been looking forward to this one because, like I said, Milan's like like a brother. I've known him in a short amount of time but he's been very very fucking helpful uh anytime i have a question he is he is getting pretty busy now so I, uh, y'all need to stop pumping his head knock him down a few levels so i can <laughs> so i can still get a hold of him whenever i need to dm him um but no man it's been you know just a super fun ride bro watching what you do and i got the ability to joke around a lot more in this episode because i felt a lot more comfortable um just joking with with a brother and someone that I hold very dearly. So I thank you for that, bro. We have two more questions left. Um, now now I might get a little bit of a longer answer out of my line uh, because this is a good question, and I, I really want to hear your answer on this one. What do people uh, misunderstand most about you? Short answer would probably be the pronunciation of my name. Dude, fuck yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah, because – hold on. Let me see. If, is it Mediolanum? Yeah, you got it. You got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, that took a solid you five it, months, yo. Five months right there. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm saying Medio Lanham. I said that and he was like, what do you, hold on, can you run that back? You say, you know, I, <laughs> go ahead. I, I, I kind of get it. I kind of get it why people think it's Medio, but I think the correct, because I'm, the, the name derives from the ancient city of where Milan resides today. And I think the correct pronunciation is Medio Lanham. But beyond that, I think um, things that, hmm. Things that people misunderstand about me. Bro um, had me typing his name in Google. <laughs> I was like, how do you say this? Um, <laughs> I think off the bat, since I'm not docs and stuff, I think people already have some sort of preconceived notion about me. Sniper obviously thought I was someone I wasn't. But um, that's probably one thing. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think maybe I've, I've had a couple of people tell me that maybe the way I tweet or whatever, um, I'm very different in real life and probably in a positive way in things. So that might be one misunderstanding people have about me. And um, you know what? I, it's, it's either people might assume that I'm always, you know, like a super comical, funny, lighthearted guy. Or I'm either like super serious, but I really do feel like I'm both in a way. I'm almost like a, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a weird anomaly where I feel like I can shift back and forth from being like saying some of the most serious things ever, especially when things that I'm super passionate about, I can get super serious and then just go back to like joking around and having fun. And I really feel like that's how life should be. You know what I mean, being passionate about the things you love and the things you care about, but then also being lighthearted because, you know, life can be tough and stuff. And I really want people to just enjoy life uh, as much as possible. I really don't feel like people have any misunderstandings about me, at least from my own experience. I feel like most people kind of get me or understand what I'm trying to do. Do, do you feel like you got a misunderstanding about me? Like, oh, shit, he not, he not like what I thought yeah, he was. Yeah, bro's not 6'2", like I thought he was. I'm not going to dox bro's height. Um, <laughs> yeah, don't dox I'm not, not going to dox bro's height. I, I thought bro was like a tower. That's all I'm going to say. I thought bro was this huge tower. Tell me you don't hear the name. And and you think, all right, well, this dude could be like a Attack on Titan kind of size, like As, you know what I'm saying? Like, I could see like a Aaron. I, I tell you this, 
I'll tell you this. I, at one point, I realized I had to put my so so I'm a uh, I'm uh, Bangladeshi, right? So I'm like um, first generation American Bangladeshi, and I knew I had to put the flag in there because too many times people were thinking I'm not that. And then I was just like, right, let me put that so at least people get some uh, of an idea. So I guess that's one misunderstanding about me. I've heard everything. People either thought I was white or black or Hispanic. <laughs> they were wrong. Bro, I wasn't. I'll tell you what. So um, me and me and Milan are do the, doing this over video, and he can see me right now. So it's even more funnier for Milan. Bro, I had someone one time tell me, because I'm mixed. I'm black and white, for those that don't know. Um, surprise. Um, you know, someone said, yo, you're like uh, – you're, you're like one of those, uh, you know, the rocks people. I said, the, the rocks people? He said, yeah, yeah, you like a Pacific Islander, right? I was like, wow. <laughs> I said, wow, that's a first. They said, are you calling me some Samoan? He was like, yeah, 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 that's it, Samoan. And I was like, wow, the rocks people. Oh, the man. rocks people. I've never, never been referred to as that. Oh, you're one of the, you're one of the rocks people. So, yeah, that's, that's usually what people think. I, I either get Mexican, Pacific Islander. Asian, so I tell him I'm mixed, and it usually catches him off guard a little bit. Um, but Milan, bro, we're finally on our last question. And for those listening to this episode, the TJO well, by the time you hear this, the TJO episode will have dropped. Um, but <clears throat> since, since we had you haven't heard it yet, um, whenever I gave TJO this next question, it caught him so off guard. So for those that don't know, TJO is a very um like people person. And I say that like, um, you can tell that money does not drive that man whatsoever. He is not about money. He's not money driven. He makes art like how I see Milan making art genuinely for the love of art. He loves art. He understands the history. Uh, I was really blown away. But when I gave him this next question, he was like, what the fuck? I don't know. I have, I have no fucking <laughs> clue, bro. That's wild. Um, so, if you went $10 million tomorrow, what would you spend it on? What would I spend it on? TJ was so caught off guard, bro, just said charity. That's valid. That's valid. I'd say, um, I think, I think, uh, I thought about it, which is crazy, right? I feel like, um, personally, I haven't, I, I, I really, I grew up in like poverty. I didn't really come from like a, rich background in any sense and stuff. So I've always had a weird relationship with money. And I feel like as I've gotten older, um, I think the trajectory that I thought I would be on is that I would constantly want more money, right? You grow up with nothing and stuff. You just want to have more money. But the older I get, the more you just have to realize, like, I don't care about money. It really means nothing. It's a beautiful thing in the sense that we live in this capitalistic society that I can use it to support my family. After my open edition, I gave some money to my parents, helped them buy things that they needed. That's that's one of the few things I really care about being able to support my peoples. Beyond that, I don't I don't care about having a big ass car or you know nice ass house and shit. That should mean nothing to me. Just being able to have the things I want to be able to create the things I want to create and just be supporting my peoples. All that really matters. But if I got ten million, I think the correct answer would be first to search up a lawyer who's good with. Um, are you talking like lottery type shit? Um, no, we're gonna keep this super simple. This is this is just just ten mil. You're not worrying about taxes. Okay. <laughs> you're not doing all that dumb shit. You you have oh, I was about yeah, to say, you I... have ten mil, and and you're doing you're doing what you please with it. You just made an art sale. Okay, okay, you're good. 
Because uh, I was going to say, I get like an accountant and a lawyer first. Yeah, bro, that's what bro people should going, If you ever get large sums of money. Bro said, hold on. Yeah, first of all, get. I'm going to my lawyer. I'm putting him a slice. <laughs> oh, no. Forget that. Forget that. No, but, but if I just that I have 10 million. Yeah. Shit, 10 million like that off the bat. I think um, I probably bought my parents a nice house, right? Not, not even like mansion and shit, just a, just a big enough house where they don't have to worry about expenses or anything for the rest of their life. That's really one of my biggest goals that my parents will never have to work again. So that would probably be the number one thing. Uh, help out my older brother, help out my younger brother, my siblings and stuff. Um, give money to all my homies and stuff. Just get them right, whatever the issues they got. And then really use the rest of the money. I'm going to be a headass for saying this, but really use the rest of the money to set up like organizations and stuff through like charities and uh, <clears throat> like really a big thing for me that I see in the long run when I will, I really do feel like that I will get to that point where that type of money is really possible. And in those situations, it's really about, you know, building the infrastructure to really make a change in the world. So that'd be through, you know, building up charities and organizations that can help out minorities, you know, black and brown children, get people into art programs and stuff help fund schooling, education. I really think education, education is the number one most important thing. And for a lot of people that kind of understand it, how important it is to, you know, get teachers paid well, give resources to kids, be able to introduce them to things that they could never see before. Like, I mean, we're, we're blessed in the sense that this is the digital generation. So for me, first time I heard about like Caravaggio was like seen on a Pyrex hoodie because of Virgil. Oh, you know, wow. First time I heard Murakami. Yeah, like, if you know, you know what I'm saying. I'm real sure right there. But it's like, you know, seeing like Murakami or Kondo through Yay or whatever, or hearing about like yeah. Margiela, Balenciaga and all these type of things. I was just blessed I had the internet and stuff. So I really want for the next, you know, young generation, the youth, really be able to see those type of things, see what's possible in fashion and the arts and all these type of things. Give them the chance to be able to absorb this information that I wish I had when I was growing up. It was really about building those type of programs. Um, just making sure things like, you know, helping helping people out with like poverty and homelessness and you know, food. Damn, there's so many things, but it's, it's crazy because I feel like people just assume that it's like, oh yeah, 10 million, I could solve those type of issues easy, but it really takes a lot more power, resources, money to really be able to do those type of things. You need the right infrastructure to really cause a radical change. But really, yeah, man, I, I don't care about money, bro. Once my people's right, once I have the things that I need and stuff, the rest of the money would just go to support other people and try to help out people as much as I can. But I really feel like that starts off starting off like grassroots organizations and letting those things build itself, become sustainable on its own, and then creating programs in like every city within America, trying to help out countries um, outside the world. Because we have such a Western perspective. We only care about like America. America is everything. But, you know, there's so many people struggling and surviving in all these other countries. It's really about just building basis of just building bases throughout the world and trying to get money and resources and help to people that really need it. And yeah, that's probably what I would do with my money. But, but I'll say this because my, 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 I, I will say this though. I'm definitely buying some uh, greedy boots and Rick Owen boots. I ain't going to hold you. I got it. And, and that's not that's not even on some like yo get a nice design and stuff. I'm I'm truly for anyone that really knows me about fashion, I don't care about flexing and none of that cop culture. Like that should mean nothing to me. It's really about buying shit that I really love. I respect those designs and the cut and sew and all those type of shit. So I definitely have to I definitely have to get some drip for myself, you know, just to do it. And, you know, maybe get some money to build up my own uh, fashion brand because that, that's a big uh, thing I've always wanted to do. But um, yeah, the rest of my money was just go helping people, bro. 
I don't care about nice cars and all that stupid shit. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll give an extremely, extremely hot take um, real quick. Uh, mine is uh, the exact opposite in a way of, you know, $10 million is not even close to enough um, to what I would like. And, and people probably hear that and they're like, oh, my God, this dude is all about money. Uh, I'm all about money in the sense of I, I could never I could never have enough. I definitely am someone who comes from uh, I, I hate I hate using poverty because I know that there's people out there that is that have had much less than I have. Uh, and there's people out there that have had much more than I have. Um, but I my goal is to obtain the most money in the world. And the reason why I say that is I feel like there's always going to be someone that needs help. And Facts. and I don't I don't want the, the money for the sense of, oh, I want to buy 30 Phantoms. I need the biggest chains because I don't I don't even club. I don't I've never been to a club never been to a strip club. Uh, I'm 26 years old. Like I don't drink. Um, that, that shit don't excite me. Like that's not really like what I get off on. Uh, and, and shout out to the people that, that like to go party. Big shout out to you. I wish I could be like that. Um, it's just not what I find joy in. And whenever people hear like a lot of money, of course, a lot of problems I do feel like comes with a lot of money, but that's that's kind of what I want to take on, man. Like, I, I feel like with $10 million, you know how many people you could help. You know what I'm saying? And I know people hear that and they say, yeah, is she really going to? No, I mean, I would genuinely help people. Rather it be like Milan said, starting up stuff. Um, I mean, I, and I don't think people realize, like, we definitely live in a time where $10 million is not a lot of money, depending on the project you're wanting to do. You know what I'm saying? If, if you're just wanting to buy a bunch of kids some backpacks, yeah, $10 million is going to go a lot of way. But imagine how many kids you could put in college with $10 million versus $100 million. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that's what that's what I would like a lot of money for is to be able to do things at a grand scale, still be able to help out my own and not have to worry about nothing. That's why. That's a valid answer. You know what I'm saying? That's why I, I want could- a lot of money. I feel like people sometimes don't really get it. That's how I made it like very important to say stuff like I'm a startup, like grassroots organization, Absolutely. build bases and stuff. You got to make it sustainable. People just think like, oh, I get a huge sum amount of money. I can solve homelessness. It's a lot more complicated than that. There's so many, you know what I mean? There's so much you really got to do. But I, I think you need people, you know, it's crazy to kind of say, but I really do feel like you need people like you and me who kind of see that vision that we've, we've, we've been through it. Like, I don't really care about the money and stuff. It's about supporting as many people as we can. And I joke about it with my homies all the time. And I'll be like, yo, they're giving money to the wrong people. <laughs> they're money to the wrong people. You know, like, I, and I believe yeah. that, bro. Like, and, and shout out to, I always hated the, I hated the conversation of, I'll use Elon Musk, for example. Whenever people are like, oh, he has too much money. And it's like, bro, if you were in that same position, you you wouldn't be hearing that. You wouldn't be letting people tell you, Oh, bro, you've worked too hard to make that much money. Like, you shouldn't be making that much for how hard you worked. And it's like, how are you going to tell me what I deserve to make? I mean, for one, any I feel like if you constantly sending and bringing rockets back in a very safe, 
bro, you deserve a lot of money. I don't care who you are. Um, I, I, I do see the other side, though, because I think there's a discrepancy. Bro. Absolutely see the other side, because there's so yeah. many times where it's like, we feel like, we always, we always feel like we know how to spend other people's money better. That's always going to be a thing. Yeah, That's yeah. always going to be a thing. But I feel like whenever you're not the one with that money, your vision's also a lot more clear versus someone with that money. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So there's a there's a lot. I agree with that. There's a lot that, that, that goes around with it. I just know that if we won $10 million tomorrow, I feel like we would spend it on what we deem is correct, rather it be family, friends, supporting others. You know what I'm saying? I, I feel like we would do the the morally right thing with it. Glad to hear that, Ken. You know what I'm saying? But Milan, bro, we've been going. Um, I'm not going to lie. I think you've officially beat out Jake Freed. Um, I, I have everything pulled up on, my, on the side of me. Uh, no, <laughs> I lied. We're not going to beat Jake, Jake Freed. He still has like another 30 minutes. Um, we've been going for an hour 20, bro. You've absolutely killed it. Uh, another amazing guest. Uh, if there's anything that you want to say that I didn't ask you already, by all means, plug it here. Let the people know where we could find you on social media. Um, always say if it's an odd name, if you feel like it's too long, by all means, spell it out so people don't get confused. And for those listening, um, I thank you so much. I will definitely have, <clears throat> excuse me, Milan's uh, social medias tagged whenever i post this um this probably won't be airing until today we're actually recording on the 7th this will probably air uh next week around like the 13th to 15th so stay watching for milan watch his profiles watch what he's dropping for i don't know if anything will drop before this or after this or right around this so just be prepared but milan the stage is all yours bro let the people know what you got coming up or let them know anything positive and uh, we'll end it after that, my man. Um, I just say create as much as you can. I really want people to be able to create. One of my favorite things about being a creative or an artist or visionary or whatever you want to call it is people DMing me and telling me like your words meant a lot. And I'm going to start creating or push me or motivating me. I think that's such a beautiful thing. So I really want people to create and don't necessarily, you know, be held back by societal standards of what it means to be a creative or what's possible. Uh, it's always corny, always comes off as like cliche, but like, yo, shit really isn't impossible. Anything is possible. You really set your mind to it. Um, help people as much as you can. Be kind. Be supportive. That's one of the things that I live by. I stand by. I really see my people as like family. I really take care of everyone. I really try to look out for people, put people onto game, um, help them out as much as I can. For my own thing, um, Keep watching out for my art. I'm going to keep going crazy. Uh, sometimes I think it comes off as narcissistic or cocky or, yo, this dude wilding. How the hell could he say that and shit? But I really, truly believe I'll be one of the greatest artists ever. And that just requires me to go 100 times, 50 times, whatever it takes. I'm going to do it. And I really believe in myself that much. I appreciate anyone that has believed in me until this point. I'm going to make every single one of y'all so proud. Um, thank you for seeing the potential in me that I couldn't see myself. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep on creating. I have so many ideas that I barely tapped into. I'm thankful for every single human being that's ever supported me. I'll be, I'll, be, I remember I did the open edition, bro. I, that ass, I tried to find as many people 
that minted that joint and personally reached out to them to thank them. That's how much I really care, you know what I mean? Because, like, it don't matter if it's $10, $100, $200, anything you give me, man, I appreciate that. Uh, to really believe in my vision. Shouts out to Luca, too. Luca Pansada, I love him so much. All these people that really believe in me, thank you so much. I'm going to constantly keep on creating. And I'll say that um, I really feel like I'm a student of uh, Marcel Duchamp and uh, Virgil, Virgil Oblo. I really feel like I'm, I come from their school of thought. And if you know, you know. And uh, I'm going to post that long term. It, it all makes sense as it all slowly unfolds. <laughs> I'm ahead of you and say, yo, I'm talking in the future. They don't see yet, but they'll see. They'll come back to this interview and understand what I was really trying to achieve. I'm going to constantly be um, pushing innovation. I really want to show people that you don't have to do the same thing over and over again. You can really, you know, experiment, get out of, you know, think outside the box. And I'm just going to always spend the rest of my life to push people as much as I can. I can't wait till the day that I could really, um, really, truly, truly support others and to be able to create and, you know, sustain themselves. And I'm constantly be doing me. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else I got to say. Um, yeah, bro, you spitting. Go ahead. Oh, <laughs> I say uh, to, to for the social, it's uh, Mediolanums. Oh, no, you're you going to type it out, right? So I probably don't got to say all that. I will type it out. I, I, will, I will type it out and have it tagged on all platforms that I post this podcast. I bet. That's valid. Um, I'm trying to think beyond that. Uh, shout out Kool-Aid, shout out Brito Da, shout out Pure Web 3, shout out all the... Anyone you see me retweet, show love to, y'all go check them out. Um, I'm all about supporting people as much as I can. Uh, Mediolan is going to be one of the greatest artists of all time ever, period. Watch out for that. Come back to this interview in a year or two. You're going to see the progress I've made. If I've been able to accomplish this much in the span of two years, I can only imagine what another two would do. Um, so I'm going to keep going. I love you. And shout out to my brother Sniper too. Amazing human being. I'm glad you felt comfortable to talk to me. I'm glad uh, this was fun. I appreciate you, King. And I can't wait to hear back and be like, damn, that's what I sound like. <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> I hate that shit. Dude, I'll tell you what. Um, for those that have never heard me say this, all my podcasts are recorded one time. Uh, I do not listen back to them. Um, people are like, oh, that's why your your fucking podcasts suck. Absolutely. Uh, I do not I, <laughs> I do not listen to this shit. Uh, I, I give it to my audio engineer. I'm like, yo, if you see anything that's wrong, as in like, you know, if it's a little fuzzy here, make, you know, make it sound more clear, uh, bro. It, he listens to it more than I do. I definitely am going to start listening back. But I have the same problem. I'm like, fuck, is that what I sound like? No wonder why nobody listens to this. Um, but no, no, trust, trust. You got you, you got a good podcast, bro. I actually listen to something. You. you do your thing, King. You. Real no, shit, no, real no, shit. That means the world. And it's funny that, you know, I, I totally, I thought of Terrell whenever you said what you said a second ago. Because if anyone knows Terrell Jones, you definitely should by now. Um, you know, he made a lot of tweets uh, around, I don't want to say a year ago, but several months ago letting people know how he tr believing in himself, basically saying, you know, uh, in, in due time, you will see the vision. And, and Milan's literally saying the same thing right now. And I truly believe, and he's been saying it, like people are going to see the vision. And I saw a quote the other day, I believe uh, from Maya, uh, the president of time now, uh, you know, what you did five years ago uh, is why you're at where you are now. So, what you're doing now will result in where you are five years from now. So you continue working hard, bro, right now. Um, I can only imagine where you're going to be at in five years is what I'm saying. Uh, and so many other people out there, like 
I've only been doing the podcast two years and I do feel like we have been on a climb. Uh, we've been getting amazing guests. We've been getting amazing artists. Uh, and it's, it's just consistency, bro. Uh, something that you are very fond of. I've seen you go hard time and time again. Um, but we've literally been talking for an hour and a half. It's been a fucking blast. Uh, stick around after this because uh, we have to let it upload. But I thank you so much, bro. Thank you to those listening in. Like I said, I will be tagging Milan's all his social medias uh, whenever I post this. And please go check out what he's currently doing. Check out Kula. Check out Pure Web 3. Check out Burrito Dow. Check out everybody uh, because I truly believe 2023 and on will be the year of artists. Um, thank you all so much. We will be having Roswell, Jeremy Booth, um, Claire Salvo, uh, Molly McCutcheon, a lot of great people coming up over the next weeks. So I'm very excited for that. Uh, and I will be seeing y'all next week and there on out, man. Peace out. Love y'all. And thank y'all so much. We'll be seeing you.